0: Have you okay. ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding." And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, good evening again, everyone.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure.
0: <clears throat> Hello everyone. Welcome to Hidden Treasures via We've had a interesting evening. Uh, me and Phil here have been talking back and forth on about the truth of God and realized that nobody was able to hear us. Which yeah I was hearing us and um it was fine, but we something had happened with their uh equipment or something to where normally we're on at seven thirty uh, Eastern, but we're we were on, but we uh, weren't on. So, welcome everybody that that can hear us. Uh, and just to give you some insight on uh, what we were talking about is the um, the question that we started out on, which we start out with a Socratic question to bring about Socratic conversation, and the question was, "What must I do? What must I do to be saved?" And what we were getting into was, is that with a lot of teachings that are out, um, specifically where we came from, uh, coming from a Christianity background, that the assumption is that, well, either one, there are no works that you must do to be saved, um, you know, because God has done it, or you accept uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior, and that's all that's done. And, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm saved. And, but what we're going to be getting to this evening is that there are works in the faith journey, but it's where the works lie and lie meaning like not, not L I E lie, but where they um, um, are accessed and or accessible. And that is if we claim that there are no works, in the faith journey, then the we're not living by the truth of God because faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So in order to have true faith in God, you have to actually have works that you do, and that makes your faith genuine. It shows that you actually have faith. Because if you say that you have faith and you don't have works, then you really don't have faith because faith is about what you do. Uh, Yes, it is things that you say, but if you don't actually do what you profess that you walk in, then it doesn't, the, the faith is actually the action on the part of the person. And that's why in the word where it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, because those who come to Yah must believe that they exist and are the rewarder of those who diligently seek them. So the proof that you are seeking after God is the works that you do. But those works that you do don't justify you. Um, It's the walking in agreement with God. It's the repentance, obedience, and trust. That's where the righteousness lies in you agreeing with God and walking in what they ask you to do. So if people say that there's nothing you have to do, then in a way they lie because most people that would say, well, if there's nothing that you must do in order to have salvation, then people will say, well... You have to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Well, you accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior is works or is a work. So doing that, it shows that there is work to be done, but it's where, where the works are. Make sure that the works are in grace, which means it's the righteousness of God that you're pursuing, not a righteousness of your own, which is by the works of the law. So the law of God, the written code was given so that it would tell you that you're a sinner. Um, the, the law of God doesn't justify you because you have sin in your life. So if, if you were without sin, then, you know, you could walk in perfection and then you could say, well, that I walk in the law because I'm perfect. But until you have the fullness of faith in Messiah, you can't be perfected. So what we had gotten into before we realized that we weren't on the air was that there are works that you must do um, if you claim a faith in God. Because the word of God very clearly says that those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. Well, walking as he did, that he did the works that have been laid out from the foundation of the, the earth for him to do. And we're even told that in him, we were created for good works that God laid out you know, in, beforehand for us to do. But unfortunately, what happens is, is that the word of God gets twisted and changed because People don't want to accept the reality of it. They want the easy way, or they want the way to get people to be brought in and drawn in to get numbers. So instead of stating the truth, and there'll be a lot of people that are rejected, well, to say, well, you know, Jesus died on the cross. So if you sin, you just ask for forgiveness, and then you can sin again and ask for forgiveness. And, you know, because the word says, if, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah, but you skip over the things that must be done. And, and Phil, you mentioned this before, that even in the words of the Son of God, that this baptism, this must be done in order to fulfill all righteousness. Well, that's works. But you don't pursue the works to gain something from God. You do the works because you agree with God, And that you want to be pleasing to god and it's fair and just to do it and that's why you do it because you want to be pleasing to god that's what yah is looking for because you're born in a life you're born into sin that you're not going to be righteousness be righteous by the law because you've already broken the law so you're just left helpless there before god so god says okay for those are going to pursue me i'm going to bring about a righteousness from myself that isn't 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 by works, but it's by grace. So I'm going to give the opportunity to have this salvation that you have no way to earn on your own because it's by grace. Because if it's not by grace, then there is no promises. That if it's by law, then you've broken the law, then I'm sorry, there's no hope. There's no hope for anybody. Nobody can be saved. But Yah made a way through their son, Yeshua, that if you walk as he did, if you repent, obey, and trust, that you can actually have this eternal life with them. But if you think that there's nothing you have to do in order to obtain it, you're sorely mistaken because of, and Phil, you mentioned this, was with a lawnmower that if somebody gifts you a lawnmower, that you say, great, I got this wonderful gift. Well, but if you don't put gas in it, put oil in it, change the air filter, the spark plug, clean out the the deck underneath, sharpen the blades, then you're not going to benefit from the wonderful lawnmower because it's not going to cut your grass appropriately. It's going to be broken down and there's nothing that you're going to be able to do to really benefit from it. And that's the thing is, is that you can say, I accept you as the son of God, but you don't get to benefit from living without sin. You don't get the benefit of walking in righteousness and living that holy life. And you miss out on that because of your own choice. So what YAH is bringing about with this is just bringing about the Socratic conversation for you to evaluate in your mind you know what must i do to be saved now if you've already come to the fullness of faith and you have circumcision on the heart then you still go by this question what must i continue to do in order to keep the salvation that i have so this isn't just somebody that hasn't come to the fullness so you come to the fullness of it you know what must i do to maintain this just like the lawnmower well to maintain it you continually walk in repentance obedience and trust you continue to make changes as you brings things to your attention and you continue to change your life to line up more and more with God so this is for self evaluation of each person that's listening in because you may be part of a church but the body of believers um, is what makes up the church the Church of Messiah but each person is responsible for their own salvation so you must come to a place where you can understand the, not only must you understand that there are works that you must do, but you must understand what the works are that you must do and how it works. Just like with anything, if you come to do something and you don't know how it works, well, it's not going to benefit you. But when you figure out how it works, then you can maintain it, you can enjoy it and really benefit from the the salvation that you have. So Yah wants everyone that's pursuing after this to know their faith and know what it's all about and know what it entails. Because when you do that, then you can have the best opportunity to uh, walk in it yourself and then to help other people as well. So, um, that's where we're, uh, starting here tonight. And, you know, Phil, if you have any thoughts on this, it's just an interesting, um, you know, concept because from where we came from, you know, it's from, well, you just do this one thing and then you're your sign sealed, delivered, everything's done. You don't need to really worry about anything. But th- that's not the truth of God. It's that, yes, you come to a point where you you obtain salvation, but you've got to maintain it. You've got to hang on to it. And Hebrews very clearly tells us about what to do to maintain the faith that you have. But we cannot sit here and telling people the truth and tell people that there are no works that you have to do because there definitely are.
1: Well, and we can look at John three sixteen, which everybody knows and the work God says you have to do is to believe in his one and only son. Uh, And again, you know, we have to understand the context of what was being said when it says, by grace you are saved, not of works, least any man can boast. Okay, so what it's telling you is that you never did or never will have the ability on your own to do the work necessary for faith. That's an absolute perspective. That's why God knew that people weren't going to be able to uphold the law perfectly, and they didn't really care about that. What they cared about was the heart of obedience because that's, if you uh, remember about it talking about the prophets, they had the spirit of Messiah in them. Well, the spirit of Messiah is obedience to God, and so the people who lived prior to messiah coming and dying they were walking in their conscious mind in absolute obedience to god even though they didn't have the ability in their body uh, because they still had sinful nature in their heart and that's why god gave them the ability to offer sacrifices for their forgiveness of sins so as long as they were uh, seeking to obey God, when they fell short, they would offer the sacrifice, and that sacrifice would forgive their sin, and then they would be okay and righteous in the eyes of God, and remember we talked about that's a credit of righteousness, uh, but you have to move to a place where where you have a debit of righteousness, and that debit of righteousness is in circumcision of the heart. And so they didn't have the ability to not sin, but their heart of obedience to God, they would have been doing everything and anything they could to do what God would want them to do, and that's what made their sacrifice good. If people didn't really do it because they were being obedient, but just because, well, it's time to offer the sacrifice, so we've got to offer the sacrifice, there's no forgiveness of sins for that. And again, it's a forerunner to showing that you have to repent to Abba where you walk in that with the spirit of Messiah so you have the obedience in order for God to introduce you to his son. And it's a, it's a must that you do the works that come with faith. It is by grace you are saved, not of works. It doesn't say, it is by grace you are saved, there's no works that have to be done. No, it's just a, a clear, uh, concise line that says that the only way you have the ability to do anything in the presence of God is because they gave you grace. Period. Whatever work you do, if you think you're earning that place in front of God, then what you're doing is nothing, and you're going to end up burning for it in the end. The objective goal is to make sure that you want to do it, and then you do the works that are necessary in order to have the faith, because you have the uh, gospel message that you have to walk through. You have to go to Abba that's a must. You must repent to Abba, and that's under the old covenant, because you can't have a joining of the new covenant if you haven't had, or the renewed covenant, if you didn't have the original covenant in the first place. And that's why Messiah said, get away from me, I never knew you. Well, you never had the repentance towards Abba, so you didn't get introduced to me, And therefore i never knew you i i I knew who you were but i didn't know you i didn't have heart knowledge of you i didn't have that uh, close intimate connection uh that's necessary and so when we look at the aspect of works for faith there's countless things that you must do and if you write them off then you write off God, you write off Messiah, you write off the spirit because it, like we said before, the works were laid out in him, the works laid out from the foundation of the earth. Okay, so we know that you have to do work for faith. You have to do work to uh, to get to the point of having faith And then when you have the fullness of faith, circumcision of the heart, the work continues. What's the work? Spiritual sacrifices daily, you know, on the journey of the faith, your work is to carry your cross daily. You know, when you're in repentance to Abba, that's when you start to carry your cross and you have to carry that cross. The burden of the the written code, Until you have that where you you just can't carry it anymore. It's an impossibility. You cannot carry it, and therefore you need help to carry it. That's when God will step in and give you the ability. But you have to take up your cross daily and follow him why would it say take up your cross if there's nothing you have to do? And unfortunately, you hear it in songs that are out there and change my heart, oh Lord. No, you change your own heart. Even the 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 aspect of change that Yah does in your heart is the removal of the sinful nature which you don't have the capability to do. And once that is removed then it's it's handed right back over to you for you to do the work necessary to clean the house now you know that that stone that was in front of that tomb has been rolled away and now you've got to get all the garbage out of the house that was in there for however many years you lived and so it's a must that you have to start clearing out your lower conscience you have to start digging in and figuring out where you've been programmed from wrong perspectives in the world and in faith and get rid of them if if they're right perspectives and they're good according to god keep them but you have to dig into it and these are the works that we do that we we dig into our subconscious so we can see things that we uh can uh, work on in order to continue to improve and change and get better as we uh, Continue in the faith journey and so there's I uh, There's a lot of different things of works, but We're not under a law perspective You have to have it done right now No, oh, God's got the grace They've given you because they know that you're gonna be diligent and work towards improvement. And as long as you're working towards improvement, that's the key factor in the midst of it. And I know when I was back in Christianity and I wanted sin to go away, so what I ended up doing was more hiding my sin so that it would give the perception that it's going away. But all the while I knew that I was still sinning, and that's why I knew that, well, it says in him there is no sin, so I I cannot be in him because that's what the Bible says, and I'm going to figure out what I need to do to find that place. And you have to have, for doing the work necessary, you have to have grit, determination, resolve, stubbornness, but all in the right direction towards God. You know, the, the, the greatest people in faith are going to be the ones that are stubborn in the world, and then they figure out how to turn that stubbornness in a right way towards God to where, no, I'm not sinning anymore because I don't want to, and I'm not going to. And so you do the work in your conscious mind while you still have the sinful nature, because you can do nothing to get rid of sin uh, or to to clean up your heart until you have that circumcision of the heart, till the sinful nature is removed. When that stone is rolled away from that tomb, it becomes a dwelling place, and now the work begins. You know, it's just like, I uh, we've talked about this before, where joshua took the israelites into the promised land and where people get the idea that there's just this great euphoria and it's just a place where there's nothing you have to do and it's just a a a peaceful uh easy feeling and it's like no once they crossed the jordan they had to take over, they had to do the works necessary to take over the land that they were to occupy. And it's the exact same thing with us. When we have circumcision of the heart, that's when the battle begins. That's when we have to start routing out the nations in our lower conscience, the things that have been stuck there that we didn't know are there. We have to dig them up. We have to find them. And that's not easy. That That is no easy task. But it's A doable task, because, again, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So God gives us the ability. And then when we're diligently uh, working towards figuring it out, and if we just can't figure it out, God will say, here, look at this. And you'll be like, oh, wow, I didn't see that. I didn't recognize that. Well, now I recognize it. I get to change it, and I get to change it for good. What I had set uh, for stubbornness and selfishness in the past, I re, uh, I, I read ju- readjust my decision about what was going on because now I'm an adult in faith. I can change it so that it's beneficial for me instead of being a detriment. Uh, so it's, it's just really important that people understand that You don't just have faith in God and then you sit back and God does all the work for you and no, no. As a matter of fact, there's more work for you to do in circumcision of the heart than there is prior to it. But it's a yoke and a burden that you can carry because you have the the, uh, sin-free life where you don't have that yoke and that burden of the written code dragging you down, but until you crucify yourself with Christ, you must walk in accordance to the written code, but not doing it as an expectation that you're going to gain uh, favor by God, rather than you're doing it to prove to God that you believe them, and you believe in them, so just some important stuff when we talk about uh, works and the necessity of works in faith, in the journey to faith and in faith.
0: Well, I was just thinking back to the Old Testament, and uh, Noah came to mind. Well, Noah wasn't just walking around, and, and God's like, man, the all these things that Noah's doing, because he's just he's just such a good person that I'm just going to choose him to build the ark. Well, it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Well, his preaching of righteousness was doing what God asked him to do, no matter what the persecution was, no matter what people came to him and said, you know, it's not rained here. It's not going to rain. What what are you doing? You're crazy building a boat. Well, no, I don't care what you say because God said to do it. And that's what I do. That's what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And that's where the righteousness was, is because it said he believed God, just like Abraham. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. But it doesn't say that God credited Abraham with righteousness and that's it. It says he believed God, which means Abraham go to the place I'm telling you to go. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where this is going to end up. Are you willing to do what I ask? Okay. Well, because of that, I credit you with righteousness, but if he didn't leave his fam, he didn't leave his If he didn't leave his land, there was no faith because well, yeah, he had faith, but if, no, there wouldn't be faith. It would just be, okay, well, y'all wants me to do it, but I'm not going to do it. Well, then you don't have faith then. Because he had faith because he's mentioned in in which referred to a lot of people, the faith chapter in Hebrews. All right, well, the faith chapter, from what you recall, Phil, do, do you see the faith chapter? And it says, here's the faith chapter, and all these people did nothing. No, it has a detailed account of, By faith, Moses celebrated the Passover and thought it better to, for the sake of Messiah, to get away from sin than to, you know, stay in in Egypt. And by faith, Rahab led the spies. By faith, you know, and what time do we have to talk about all these others? By faith, people gave up their children. People, you know, closed the mouth of lions by faith because it's because they believe God and they trusted God that God was going to take care of it. And even if they didn't. I'm even willing to be sought in two for this that there's a better resurrection so i'm not so we got to be um when we make the statement and certainly because the word of god says it that it's by grace you've been saved through faith through faith so think of faith like a tunnel you've got to walk through faith you've got to walk through the gospel message in order to be saved because people put uh, faith as a blanket everybody has faith well I agree with that everybody does have faith but not everybody has faith in yah you have faith in yourself you have faith in your job you have faith in people you have faith in a football team you know that faith is a constant but you have to have really you think about it it, you could read it like this it is by grace you have been saved through faith in yah not by works lest any man can boast but what paul is referring to is the faith of Yah, and you know with the translation but yeah like i that just came to mind like you go through a tunnel well you go through the tunnel seeking of all your heart and then you go through the tunnel and you get to repent and you go through the tunnel and you get to obedience and you get to trust and this stood out to me i didn't think about this that think about draw near to god and they will draw near to you so who's the one that must bring you to yeshua is abba well draw yeshua will draw near to you when with abba you are drawn to the son so you can't come to yeshua unless the father because he even said nobody uh, this is pretty profound and i believe what he says exactly nobody comes to the father except by my unless my father draws him, or when I'm, I think what came out was nobody comes to the father but by me, which is true. But what, what he's saying there is you can't enter the kingdom of God without going through me. But it just it came to mind that that's how I didn't it didn't click really, just click more solid that when you said that he Abba introduces you to Yeshua to where oh hello. You know, because you're walking in repentance, you know my father. Well, if you know my father, then obviously I want to know you as well. So come in, talk to me. You know, like somebody says, anybody that's a friend of theirs is a friend of mine. Well, oh, my father's bringing you to me. Then, yeah, come on in. But just anybody coming to him, you know, that makes sense is that, well, I know you because you've turned from sin. So I'll help you because uh, that's my desire too. Because it even said of Yeshua that in your kingdom that you loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Well, you love righteousness just like me, come on in, but we'll, we'll talk. We'll, you know, we'll get together on that, but yeah, it, it's, what happens is, is instead of finding that, that balance in the middle, it's either, there's no works, it's all works, you know, by, by being under law, but what you have to do is find that, that, that balance, which is there are works that you do, but the works don't make you righteous by your own and you don't have to do nothing to gain anything. So you find that, that happy medium in the middle is what came to mind.
1: Right. And I'll just uh, reiterate again, what you were saying about with uh, the aspect of no one comes to the father, except by me, there's a twofold aspect in the midst of this. Uh, that must be understood because Messiah First said, no one comes to me unless drawn by the Father. Okay, so in order for you to be drawn by the Father, you have to approach the Father first. If you have not approached Abba first before Messiah, then you're not going to get to Messiah. That Now, you're approaching Abba is for the purpose of you to repent to God, and that's it. You don't get the favor. You don't get the face-to-face I uh, that's what Messiah was talking about when he said uh, no one comes to the father except through me. So you have to get to, you have to go to Abba first through the old covenant, your, your repentance to the old covenant. You're in that you will do your best to live according to what the written code is until you've carried that cross until you can't carry it anymore, but you're not doing it with the mindset that why if I do these things I'll be saved. No, you're doing them to prove to God that you mean what you say, and therefore you're willing to do the work necessary. Um so it is important that you go to Abba first under the written code, under the the original covenant, so that you can be brought to Messiah and be taught about the renewed covenant. You you can't have something renewed if you didn't have the first one. The first one's under the law. The second one's the spirit of the law. And then that brings you to mother. And then you have the fullness of deity and bodily form, which gives you that face to face with uh, all of them that you can have face to face conversations. Doesn't mean you can see their face, but with a uh with a veil or a shield between you you can still stand face to face you and i can stand face to face and have something hanging between us we're still face to face your face is facing mine and we're we're having a conversation it's just that you know we we can't uh we're not privy to see the being of god and continue to live uh stephen saw the being of god but he was not going to continue to live you know look, I see God sitting on his throne and the Son of Man at his right hand i uh, yeah he 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 saw that, nobody else saw that he did, but that's because he was going to perish in those moments, and therefore the scripture is still true in the midst of it. Here's something that's interesting thought that came to mind. It is by grace you are saved, not of works. Okay, so you don't earn the grace of God by the works that you do. But guess what? You earn favor of God by the works that you do. So the works that you do are for you to show that you favor God and show that you're approved for god so that they can then allow you that entrance into the kingdom it's it's just huge that we have the ability through the work that we do in righteousness to gain favor our works that we do in righteousness gain us favor in the eyes of god but not grace because grace is what you're saved by grace, which is God giving you the opportunity when you had nothing. If if he didn't send his son, we would all burn eternal. That that's That's a fact. And it didn't matter how well you tried to live the law of God. And even if you wanted to be obedient to it, you weren't going to be able to do it until Messiah came and showed us how to do it. And so... That's a a huge aspect as we look at it, that Messiah came to be like his brothers in every way. And then it says, those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. Well, why is that? Well, he came to be like us so he could show us that if you do what I do, then you will find this place of uh, no sin, and you will be able to work the righteous works of God you are no longer working uh the lawless acts, but you're working for lawful acts that lead to your eternal salvation.
0: Well yeah, I mean, like you said, with in regards to the law of God, it came to mind that who would be able to uphold the law of God would be Yah because they're perfect they, they're the only ones that could live by law because a law is something that's steadfast and unchanging and that they have the ability to keep the entire law because they're perfect and the thing is that this isn't something that Yahweh was just like that took them off guard that so these people really aren't able to keep my law perfectly well they knew that ahead of time because the the righteousness has not been about perfection righteousness well like you said was about obedience was you being willing to agree with them and walk in their ways and prove your belief in them by your works. And that's where the righteousness um, lies because they knew that being born in a body of corruption, that you wouldn't be capable of keeping the law perfectly because you're corruptible. So it it really just shows the, the grace of God that they knew ahead of time that they knew because in the garden, they said, when you eat of this fruit, well, that's already telling you that you're going to fall because it's the way you've been made. Because if you don't fall, then the work of my son can't come and it makes no sense to send him. So the the whole aspect of this, it was planned by God ahead of time that there's we're going to make a way that people can choose us of their own free will and have it be pleasing to us because we want people that want to choose us because that's what they desire to do, not because just to save you from, you know, from the, the abyss. And I had this, this, this was the other aspect of what came to mind today. And and it ties to this is that faith is personal, meaning each person has to come to this faith journey on their own. They have to discover it, but just because it's personal and your own journey doesn't mean that you're independent of anybody else. And, and I'll explain this. This is something that YAH gave us. And this is really what came to mind this afternoon was, is that YAH had told us and telling people as well that are listening that the point of faith is it's to get you to the point to be independently dependent, meaning that you're independent, meaning that you make your own choices. You walk the faith journey. But you're not at a point where you don't depend on Yah. Because what happens is with this, well, you know, what works must I do to be saved? Well, you have to depend on Yah, because the word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge them, they'll make your path straight. So you depend on them, but dependency on them doesn't mean that they do the work for you. So the point is, is that they teach you, they show you by example, the works that need to be done because Abba, Yeshua, and Emma have shown the works, what must be done. And okay, now you do it because do people really look at Yah as the, let's just say the plumber that you call to come over and I want you to fix this leaky toilet and you pay them to do it and they do it. Well, you don't learn anything because you just pay them to do it. Or should you be looking at YAH as the Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouse where YAH is the Faith Improvement Warehouse that they have everything that you possibly need in order to fix whatever problem you have and they have, they're there to help you. But when you go to Lowe's, now this is putting aside the fact that you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and get a contractor to do the work for you. The majority of people you go in and what are you doing? You're looking for the necessary tools and parts so that you can do the work. Because the only way to discover, and I know this from experience, the only way to discover to replace a tank kit in a toilet is for you to do the work yourself. That, yeah, you'll have struggles on things you don't know, but once you do it yourself, now you discover because you're the one that actually did it. You know, you can watch somebody do some work, but you don't learn anything yourself because you're not doing it. But you do it yourself. And the way YAH does it is, I'll give you help to do the work. I'll be right here by your side. I'll show you what tool to use, but you pick up the screwdriver, you pick up the wrench and, and well, I don't know how to do it. All right, well pick up the wrench. All right. You see the bolt. I put it on there. Now just do it a half turn counterclockwise. Well, I'm not sure if it'll break. It'll be all right. Just I put the wrench on there. All right. turn. You see? Oh, okay. So you only do it that. Do you see why you do that? Because if you do it too much, it's going to be too tight. So you want to just kind of, tighten a little bit here and there, just don't keep it. And then, all right, we'll go here and go here, but you no, know, I've given you what you need. You know, I've, I've I'm right here with you, but you're going to do the work because then in that way you can discover it. And that's ultimately through the journey is that you discover it by you walking through it each step and y'all will lead you through each step of discovery, which will lead to the next. And unfortunately with the world that we live in, that we want things instantaneously. We want that instant gratification. We don't want to put in the work to cook or we don't want to put in the work to uh, do this. We want somebody else to bring it to us. And it's just really just got us set a state of being lazy and lethargic to where we don't learn things for ourselves. And it's a detriment to us because if we would actually put in the work and do it ourselves, we would discover uh, so many things and be able to do it ourselves. And then from there we can help others because with what we're called to do, if we're not walking this ourselves, we can't help anybody else. I mean, we can give information, but to really help somebody is somebody that's been through it and knows what it takes. And you're, you're leading me down the right path because you've been there and you know, and you're not going to lead me astray. You're going to lead me in the straight paths. And that's what Yah wants us to do is lead people in the straight paths. But, you have to do this work. You know, you have to seek with all your heart. You have to believe God. You've got to come to godly sorrow and repentance and obedience. And you've got to crucify yourself with Messiah. And then mother will give you circumcision of heart. And then you've got to put in the work. So, so many times we just put it on Yah to do everything. And Yah's going to sit there and say, I'm not doing everything for you, nor will I do it because Messiah said that with God, all things are possible, but it doesn't say that God will do all things. It just says that it's possible, but no, the best thing for you is for them not to do this for you and for you to have the opportunity to, for you to do the work. And that's the thing. This faith is a faith of discovery and each person, even if you're in a church where there's people around each person will give their own account because when yah talked to Cain he didn't say Cain if everybody else does what is right you'll be accepted he said Cain if you do what is right you will be accepted i'm not focused on everybody else i'm not focused on your wife on your kids i'm focused on you if you do what is right if you humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways then i will heal your land not somebody else's land but your land. So it is, it's individual, but it's group as well. But that's the thing with God is that they will help us, but they absolutely will not do the work for us.
1: You know, I was thinking about, you know, some of the things, some more of the things that are work-based when we talk about faith is not evangelizing work-based. You, you you're you're doing a work of evangelizing or preaching or teaching you know you can go right on down the line and i uh, works from the disciples or the the apostles go into all the world and preach the good news make converts of all nations that's a work, you know, and it's necessary, you know, go baptizing them. And it's interesting because this even uh, is a telltale to the fact that you have to go through Abba, Yahusha, and Mother, and in that order, when they were told uh, about, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and then you're going to go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. So just from that perspective, that that work that they were told to do is the full immersion of baptism is you being immersed into Abba from the Old Testament, Messiah from obedience, and Mother from trust. That when you have those immersions, you've been baptized by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you have the fullness of deity, and in that fullness of deity, there is no ability for you to sin because the nature of sin has been taken away. And it's interesting because uh, sin of sin is of the heart. And why is it of the heart? Because that's where the sinful nature resides. That's That's the sinful nature is... In your lower conscience, it's in your heart. You can't do anything about it. You can only do like Abraham, and consciously obey God to the best of your ability, and let God credit you as with righteousness. The circumcision done by the hands of mother can only be done by mother. You can't you can't do that. So you circumcise your heart first. You draw near to God circumcising your heart, which is your conscious mind, and then God will draw near to you by circumcising your subconscious mind to where you're then able to dig in and find the programming and you're able to change the things that have been programmed and put in uh, to what uh, what your life had allowed, but you didn't know was going in. And, you know, one of the first, the first podcast we did was on brainwashing and mind control and the fact that you are brainwashed and mind controlled in this world, whether you know it or not, the key factor that we want to make and reiterate again is that the brainwashing and mind control from a faith perspective is that you are consciously knowing what you're, what you're washing your brain with. You're washing with water through the word, and therefore it's going to be good. But in order to do that, you have to continually remove the garbage that was in the subconscious from before, and you have to add the new to it. And it's a continual work that truly, just like crossing over the Jordan, uh, entering into land flowing with milk and honey, they still had to go through and route all the nations that they were that they were going through to and uh so it's work is necessary but it doesn't earn you you know them doing that work after they crossed the jordan didn't earn them the ability to be across the jordan no it was by grace god stopped the flood waters and allowed them to pass through And go to the other side. But as soon as they got to the other side, first thing they had to do battle, Jericho, boom. I mean, instantaneous, right there, here it is. And we're going, but obey God. And when they obeyed God, they did exactly what God said to do. Then the outcome was favorable for them. The times that people didn't do what God asked them to do, just like King Saul when he kept the plunder when he wasn't supposed to. Well, I, I kept this stuff so we could sacrifice to God. Does God prefer sacrifice over obedience? No, because disobedience is sin. That That's a fact, and that's the thing. If you can say, yeah, I'm a sinner. Well, you have to recognize that you're saying, yeah, I disobey God, and a lot of people, they won't put it that way because, well, that sounds a whole lot worse than um, I'm still a sinner, but I disobey God. Well, disobedience to God is sin, and so God's going to uh, definitely want the obedience over you sacrificing anything doesn't matter what you give, if you're not going to be obedient, but your obedience doesn't, it it gets you favor in the eyes of God. It doesn't earn you the grace because the grace, again, the grace is grace because there's absolutely nobody other than Messiah that could have walked in a human body in perfect eye perfect attentiveness to the written code. No, we were made corruptible for that reason, so that we could choose either wickedness or righteousness. And through those choices, there's work that we do. And so it is is truly necessary for us to do work in order to be approved of God. You know, how can I be an ambassador for Christ if I'm doing nothing to let people see that I'm speaking the same words that He spoke? That I'm doing the same things that He did? Uh, What message do I send to somebody if I'm Why sin? Why sin? But I'm forgiven i sin but i'm forgiven well if you get to a point where you sin and you're forgiven that's not going to carry you into salvation that's why the scripture in corinthians says that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation it it, the, the repentance is not an automatic Oh, godly sorrow led to repentance and that let you have that gave you salvation. No, it leads to salvation, which allows you to understand that there's more to it than just the first step. That you, you must walk through an avenue of works because if you're trying to get, I uh, The grace of God by what you do, you're going to perish and and burn because you you don't have the capability to do that. It's impossible for, for you without Messiah for you to walk that righteous life. But when you have Messiah in you and you're in him, you must replicate who he is and what he is. And how he does it—that that's an absolute fact, and it's necessary for us to do that work so that people will see, wow! Like Peter and John, you know, they were preaching like they were, and they were like, "Man, these guys—they're uneducated," but they took note that they that the two of them spent time with the Messiah, and because they were perplexed by the stuff that they were able to recognize and understand and talk about. And so just really important as we look at the the works of the law that this is this again it is by grace you are saved so if you're saved it was the grace of God but for you to have that salvation you have to find favor in the eyes of God so like for you to get to Messiah you have to find favor in the eyes of Abba and then when Abba's Uh, When you have that favor in the eyes of Abba, then you get to go to Messiah. When you get favor in the eyes of Messiah, then Messiah says, okay, now I'm going to introduce you to my mother. I'm going to introduce you to the Spirit who's going to comfort you and teach you and guide you and come upon you with power. So it's an absolute must that you have to find favor in Abba first, then Messiah, and when you do that, then you'll gain favor from the Spirit, and you'll have the fullness of the immersions, and even baptism within itself is a work. But it's a, it's not a work to earn you the grace. It's a work that, that shows you approved of God.
0: This is coming to mind in... I don't have a, a Bible in front of me, but in one of the, in the letter of Jude, it's something to where I like that, you know, don't even associate with people that even have just even the, the stench of, of corrupted flesh, which tells me that get away from sin because that sweet smelling aroma that Yah's looking for, which is the life of of Messiah, is that you look at somebody and we even talk about this, like if you're a smoker, and you have that secondhand smoke that exhaust. but if you're not a smoker and that's not what you want, you get that secondhand smoke and it's just, man, that's just, that's not what I want. That's not. And it made me think of the the cause and effect that the life we live has an exhaust that affects other people. So make sure that the life you live is without sin so that it doesn't affect other people and you don't even recognize it. And I thought about this too, with the baptism, that there's another scripture where it says that there are three that testify in heaven, the spirit, the water and the blood. And I thought about, and it says, and these three agree as one. And you think about you have mother, the spirit, you have the water, which is Abba the baptismal repentance, and you have the blood, which is Messiah and his sacrifice. That if you think about life itself, that your life, what would happen if you had no water? Well, you'd end up dying. Well, what would happen if all the blood was taken out of your body? Then you have no life because your heart wouldn't beat. There's no blood movement. And then your spirit, your soul is, well, it has to have a vessel. Well, this vessel for your spirit and soul has blood and water because if not without it, you don't have life and it's a spiritual as well without repentance, then you're walking around dehydrated that I mean, think about, cause I do do my best to drink a lot of water during the day and just think about you don't drink any water we go out walking on a 90 degree day you don't drink any water you get home you don't drink any water you get out the next day you don't drink any water that eventually that you have a very large chance of dying because of no water and if you get injured and you bleed really bad and you lose your blood then you have loss of life so it's just giving you a physical picture of thinking about the spiritual life that you must have walking in obedience, repentance and trust is that that's what keeps you alive. It's what keeps you going. And if people don't find a way, and we mentioned this in the previous podcast, if people don't find a way to leave their life of sin, then you cannot have a relationship with God because YAH does not dwell in sin to where, yes, it says that they put up with sin for a time, but It comes a time where, hey, get to the place where you're without sin so that you can worship me in spirit and truth, that we can have this fullness relationship that we want, that we don't want you. It's you having a relationship of us being in you and um, us being in them that you've got to find your place to be without sin, because if not, then I'm not going to be joined to somebody that sins, that stays in sin. And that's the thing that you mentioned, like the people that think that you can sin and ask for forgiveness sin and ask for forgiveness. Know that that's not going to be the bride of Messiah because the bride of Messiah is called to wear white because of their righteous deeds. Well, we even have a parable of this, that they're at the wedding banquet and somebody comes in without the proper clothes and they say, how did you get in here? And they were dumbfounded and they said, bind him and throw them out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, because you're walking in here with sin you don't have the wedding garments, so you're going to be cast down to outer darkness. But it's just interesting to me how parables like that, a Messiah just pushed to the side and it's like, well, that's, you know, I've accepted him. So I'm, but I mean, it makes it clear. It's like, you're not wearing white, so you need to leave. And it wasn't, oh, it's okay. Get him some clothes to wear it. No, you're here. You're not supposed to be here. Throw him outside get rid of him. And, that unfortunately is going to be the case for a lot of people if you you get to the end and you did the works, but you didn't believe in the son, which was what they asked him at the, I remember I just right, said where they did the five loaves and the fish that they said, what must we do to work the works that God requires? And Yeshua told him, this is the work of God to believe in the one in whom he sent. Well, if you believe in the one Messiah, then you will get away from sin. You will have circumcision of the heart. So do the work of God and get away from sin so that you won't have something worse happen to you. But, you know, like we said with the works part of it is that works as a part of it, but you have to get the works in the proper concept because this came to mind that it is on the basis of grace that you were saved, not on the basis or the foundation of works. Because if, if the foundation of this is your works, then it's based on you boasting because, look, God, look what I did for you. And God will say, there is nothing you could do for me that would gain you anything. Did you do what I asked? Well, no, I did these things so that, yeah, but you didn't just like Saul that, well, I did all these things, Lord, you see, I can boast because look what I did for you. Yeah, but Saul was never about what you did for me is did you do what I asked of you? That's where the righteousness lies, that you of yourself, you're you're human. What, what can you do and give to me to be right unless I make a way for you to be right? Because the word says that there is a righteousness from God that is revealed in the gospel. Righteousness comes from God. So what do we think that we can do something on our own to be righteous that doesn't come from Yah anyway?
1: Well, and somebody might argue and say or bring up the point and say well messiah came to take away the written code so we don't have to do the written code we don't have to follow abba because messiah came uh, as a uh, bearer of a renewed covenant so why would we have to follow the things of abba and it's interesting because his words he said he was talking about the law and he said that not a single stroke of the pen, not a letter of the law will be removed until these things are finished. And so we're to walk as he did. And when he died on the cross, for him the written code was nailed to that cross with him so therefore for him it was finished and what he was showing us was that when you crucify yourself with me that's when you get away from being under the written code and you get to walk in accordance with the spirit of the law which allows you to be in a place without sin. And so he wasn't Messiah didn't come just to wipe out the law completely. It's wiping out the law for those who die like he died. That you crucify yourself with Christ. You you completely die to your own selfishness and surrender completely to God. Then the written code is, writ- is nailed to your cross. So it's a sign on your cross that says you've done away with sin because you've crucified yourself with Christ, you've finished that, and therefore that's what gives you the ability to have the circumcision of the heart uh, so that you can live without sin. And so that within itself being a work necessary that you must follow the written code until abba leads you to messiah and then messiah teaches you the obedience you are still not going to be able to to follow the uh spirit of the law until you have mother in your heart and it's interesting because i saw this older video of a guy preaching and he was talking about, uh, how people have two spirits in them, the spirit of God and the spirit of wickedness. And it's like, no, that's a complete impossibility. Now mother can come on, uh, wicked people for their, uh, to, to fulfill their purpose, not the wicked people's purpose, but for God's purpose, but then she leaves. You know, she's not going to dwell in sinful man. She's going to dwell in righteous man. And when you have that righteousness, then you have the spirit in your heart and you have been set free because you followed the path of Messiah. When the son sets you free, you are free indeed. And so I want to to point out some of the works that are necessary along the journey as we look at the gospel message, the first of the work that's necessary for true salvation in God is the work of seeking God with all of your heart. And that is a work. It's no simple task. I mean, it's a simple task, but it's not an easy task because your, your greatest enemy is yourself, what you want. What you desire, and you have to have your desires changed, but it takes time for that. And so you have that work, which is the very first work is going after Abba, seeking after Abba with all of your heart. And then that leads you to the second work, which is believing God, believing them. And then you believe in them. When you believe in them, Then you have the work of godly sorrow. When you have the work of godly sorrow, that will bring about the work of repentance. When you have the work of repentance, it will bring about the work of obedience, and the work of obedience will bring about the work of trust. And it's just a fact that that's the journey that you must travel. And my encouragement to anybody who's seeking God and who really wants to know the truth is... Don't worry about what the next step is, okay? If you walk in the first step uh, diligently and with absolution to the best of your ability, that will lead you to the second step. You don't have to look for it. Put your focus on seeking God with all of your heart. When your focus is on seeking God with all of your heart, you will get to the point where you believe them. When, when you are in that believing them from that same perspective, then that will bring you to believe in them. So don't worry. Don't try to think about what it's going to be like when I get here. How do? How am I going to get here? I, I'm, I, I don't know how to get there. You're just wasting time because you don't know how to get there. And it's a journey that you have to walk. It's just like it's the same journey that Abraham had to walk. Abraham didn't go anywhere that God didn't tell him to go. Abraham wasn't like, well, let me see. What direction should I go today? Oh, God was saying, Abraham, go here, and then go here, and then go here. Okay, Uh, I'll I'll do that. And and he did. And so he proved his belief in God by the work of, that he did so works necessary you have to follow the journey and all the journey is is this whatever step you're on if you're at seeking with all of your heart then you just put all your focus into seeking with all of your heart if you're trying to focus on something else then you're not going to be able to give everything you have to seeking with all of your heart. So give everything you have to seeking with all of your heart, and God will say, just like to Abraham, okay, now you're going to go to this place. You're going to go to this place of belief. Okay, so go there and spend some time there. And then you're going, we're going to take you, and we're going to send you to this place of believing in, and then so on and so forth until you get through the process, until you have circumcision of the heart with the removal of the sinful nature. You know, because what's interesting is it's not just work that you have to do, but there's work that God has to do. If you walk the journey like they ask you to do it, well, circumcision of the heart is a work. Mother entering into you is a work. Mother giving you the ability to i uh, understand things to speak things to to do things is all works uh that they do so they're not asking us and god has never asked us to do anything that they themselves haven't done first that's that's the beauty part about it they're not they're not like well do as i say not as i do no they say look we understand so because we've been there. And so there are works that God, but they put themselves in that position by your faith to do those works for you. But only the works that they're going to do for you are the ones that they laid out within the the confines of the scripture that tell you these are the works we're going to do. Them providing all your needs according to their glorious riches is a work that they will do. That they promised they would do. If you are fulfilling the stipulations, you will receive the promises. And any promise that God offered, they they were giving uh, the opportunity for them to do works for you. But you have to fulfill the stipulations that come with it. And it works on the reverse perspective with us as well. That. If we want favor in God's eyes, then we must do the work that God asks us to do, and we do it with the mindset that I want to do this. That's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing this because somehow this is going to rescue me from hell, or this is going to give me a place in the kingdom. No, I'm doing what I do because I really want to be pleasing to God, and therefore I will do whatever work God tells me to do, regardless of of how it affects me in the outcome.
0: Something really stood out to me is when you mentioned that YAH is working, and I had just had several um, scriptures in the Word just come to mind that just, just brought even more solidarity to this. That you remember in Hebrews where it talks about Mother says, I swore in my wrath that they shall never enter my rest. And they were not able to enter the promised land because of disobedience. And it made me think of this, that when it talks about works, that Messiah talks about you who are burdened and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. And he even mentions that he is Lord, even of the Sabbath. And that Sabbath day is that day of rest, the day where you have sin removed from your heart, where you can rest from the works of the written code because the written code is nailed to the tree. And now you're resurrected. Well, now you carry the burden, which is light, which is obedience to God without sin, which is still a burden because there's work that you must do, but the work you work from an aspect of your resting from that burden that you've been carrying. And it made me think of why was mother angry because they would not enter because of disobedience. Well, when you have obedience, then what is her rest? It's, I come into your heart, I give you circumcision of the heart, I dwell within you, that now you rest because you have sin taken out of your heart, that you don't have that burden that you had before, but there's still work to do. Because if not, then we wouldn't say that because even Messiah said that my father's still working. But in his mind and in his heart, he's at rest because there's no sin. It's all about just walking in truth and righteousness, you know, that there's that favor there. And it just came to mind that when he made that statement, it wasn't like, all right, you just come to me and I just put this blanket of rest over your body and you just rest. It's no, come to me where you walk as I did and you will get the rest. You will get the rest from that burden of sin that's in your heart. And it's not about you physically stopping and cleaning your hands. It was for a time, but now it's the lord of the sabbath which the law says remember the sabbath day and keep it holy so the sabbath is about entering in the messiah and you have that day of rest which is you stay in that state of rest where you are now holy as they are holy because you've entered into the sabbath rest and that's what mother was saying that because of your disobedience you will not enter my rest you know don't fall short of the grace of god because if you don't rest then you still have sin and then what happens when you get to the to the kingdom that the written code is still in place for you and what is the written code the wages of sin is death okay get over here but you don't have the written code anymore you have mother within you oh you have a life come on into the kingdom i know you because you know my family so that just came to mind with like we have there is works But you get to a place where you even though you're laboring that you're at rest in your mind because you don't sin
1: and keep in mind that we we tend to get confused about who these works are for and when when they we talk about works for faith because we tend to think that you know when we're taking care of the uh the widow and the fatherless And so, um, we're, we're helping those people out. And so you're looking at the work that you're doing as though it's not for you, it's for somebody else. And I can promise you, I promise you 1000% that no matter what work you do, it is intended for you rather than the other person. You, you think you're going to help somebody with something and you think, you have that motive behind it but the reality is is that god has a greater plan which is to teach you something out of that work that you're perceivingly doing for somebody else the work you're doing is for yourself and this had come to mind um, back when i was in christianity Um, i went on a quote unquote mission trip to brazil to uh, help build a church down in brazil And the pretense of it was we're going to help those people to build a church. We're going, we're going for their sake because this is, you know, this is what God would want us to do. Well, I can promise you that I went, when I left here, I left with the mindset that I was going down to help those people to build a church. And I promise you, that when I came back, I had full realization that I brought them nothing. I got more from them and that experience that was for me than it was for those people. And uh, even, you know, that was, when I went to Brazil, when I came back, that was the biggest turning point in my faith journey of realization of things, of things just aren't right, and uh, I'm going to figure this out. Uh, That was a place where I actually had the opportunity to uh, experience tongues from the aspect of hearing in your own language. Uh, The first night we were there, uh, we went to a church service and our interpreter was not going to be there till the morning but we went anyway and i sat there listening to the preacher starting to uh preach and he was speaking in um in the, in their uh language it, it's it's i uh, eluding me right now i said portuguese portuguese yes thank you um, he was speaking in Portuguese, which Portuguese is is a language where you'll hear it, and it's it's like it's a mix of all languages. It sounds like French sometimes. It sounds like Spanish. You would think that somebody who speaks Spanish would be, speak well there, but it, it's it's not. But anyway, he was speaking in Portuguese, and I heard not only the scripture that he read in Portuguese, but also his sermon in my own language. And that from that point on, I mean it just God just was doing some work and allowing me to see that when we when we have the pretense that we're doing something for somebody else, God's got a greater plan for it to be a work for us because we're the mission field. We're the ones that need that help. Uh, God can reach anybody, anywhere across the world, and that's a fact. And so if you go on a mission trip somewhere, you're not going for those people. If you think you are, then you're you're sadly mistaken, and you're going to come back. Yes, you may come back feeling like you've done this great deed, but it's not going to change your faith. The, the things that change your faith are when you really encounter God and truly— When I came back, and I said it then and I say it now, that I brought a whole lot more back with me than I left there. Yes, I left physical labor, and we got a lot of work done. We had a a real good crew of people that were, and everybody was working hard, and we did. We got more done than what what was planned that we were going to get done. But that's a physical building. It means nothing. But I came back with just unbelievable desire and drive to figure out the truth of God. And that was a huge turning point in my faith. I had already started in Christianity, but at that point, it just really uh, propelled me to dig into things deeper and, and look into things and really evaluate and make sure that what's being said is right and if it's not I'm not accepting it. If it doesn't agree with what the Bible says, I'm not accepting it. Period. End of it. So, you know, somebody can say, "Well, everybody sins." And the conversation that I had with my uh, cousin, I, "Well, you sin, you just don't admit it." No. No, because you don't know my life. You haven't lived it, you haven't walked it, so You don't know. So yeah, it was just uh, a work that I thought I was doing for somebody else. God was doing a greater work for me, not with me, but for me, so that I would, if I paid attention, I would find a deeper walk with them. And I did, and it's led to where we are today. And who knows where we're going to be uh As we grow and increase and improve from here, so that was just a aspect that came to mind uh to bring about as far as works and whatever works you do in faith it's not it's it's for your learning your growing your understanding because uh, God doesn't need you, God does not need me now they want us that that was the whole purpose of creating us so that we would choose them and we would have fellowship so they want a relationship with us but they don't need us for works the works we do are for ourselves it's for us not from a selfish perspective but from a godly true and righteous perspective that's what the works are for they're not for anybody else they're for you to learn and grow. And if you're helping somebody out, figure out what is it telling you? What is it teaching you? What is it showing you that you need to do in the process of it?
0: Well, it's just like, you can't get away from it because having works is living. I mean, but lot do people say you go to work? Well, because you go, you have some kind of task to do to where if there's no works involved, then there's no life. Now, when you die, that's another story because you you cease to to live anymore. But yeah, this is, this is just another one of those things where it just, mother will piggyback off of different topics. Like the last time we were talking like that, you know, can a sinner inherit the kingdom of God? And it's talking about what sin is and what a sinner is. And now we get to focus on, all right, when you have a life in faith, that there are works that you have to do. So she's just given just a a well-rounded teaching and information, but it even goes back to the question on, you know, to those listening, what must you do? What works must you do in order to make sure that you have salvation? Make sure you go into the Word of God and make sure that you are following exactly what it says and, you know, not just believing what we say, but just putting you, you seeking it out with all your heart so you discover it for yourself because we're not anything special. All we are is just people that believe God, um, come to know God as well. And we're just passing along the information. Me and Phil are not educated. We're like, you know, Peter and John, but we've spent time with Yeshua. we spend spent time with Abba and Mother. And it's because of them that we have this information. This is their truth. This isn't ours. That this is from God um, out to the world. And really, we're given an opportunity with this podcast to preach the gospel, to bring it out to all over the world. We don't know how far this reaches. Mother knows, but, you know, all we do is we just are diligent and make sure that we are doing what YAH desires, and that's what we desire to do. And, you know, Phil, this is a good stopping point. We've had really good conversation. We had a little glitch earlier, but Mother took care of it, you know, just more and more trust, you know, just as she knows what she's doing. But uh, just encourage those that are uh, listening out there that, you know, don't just take what is being said here and just, yeah, that sounds great. And that that's true. And, but it's not going to do you any good unless you discover that same truth that the, the truth is living and active and it's there to be discovered by, you know, any and everybody that, that pursues it. So, uh, we have a Facebook page, which is hidden treasures revealed. We have a a email, which is hidden treasures revealed at aol.com. So if anybody has any questions, comments, you know, we'd like to hear from you. And, you know, you never know, We because this is Socratic, we'll use questions in order to have people discover answers. So um, we also have a podcast on Saturday morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, Phil, any closing thoughts? If not, we'll see everybody um, next time. Anything?
1: No, I would just say that I seek to do the work that's necessary to have faith, and then when you have the fullness of faith, seek to do the work that God has laid out from the foundation of the earth. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge but if we let you discover things you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop seek the treasure of god through conversation with them and through their word ask seek and knock ask and you will receive seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.